and we could punish them. And I tell you what, for most part, for the long part of the game, I thought we were. And then all of a sudden, the Redskins, Redskins started to come back. And uh, but we did pull out a win, and it was convincing. But even though they started to come back a little bit, but we were one and one going into this game. We won a game the week prior on a last second field goal. We this is about the last pushover team I think that we're going to see on our schedule. I'll get the Raiders in Oakland and in, in London. That that should be. A w- very that, winnable yeah, game. That, it should be. But I'll tell you what, now it's going to get a little tougher, That's a true. little tougher, and all of a sudden, by the way, and at the end of this game, after Trubisky threw that interception, did you see him run the ball, run the ball, run the ball? He was not going to take a chance of Trubisky throwing that football. Now they didn't need to, bottom line, uh, and... and you uh, you got to give. It was great to see the defense putting points on the board. That looked like last yeah. year. The turnovers, getting yeah, the turnovers. Yeah. but was it was a stuff. win. I said that they were going to crush them. That's what I said. They were going to crush the Red, Redskins or a lousy football team. And now I said after the Redskin game, then we're going to start playing some pretty good football teams, some pretty good coach football teams. As a matter of fact, starting. Next week, next Sunday, yeah, we got the Vikings. We got the Vikings coming in there, and we're going to start to play some pretty good teams. This was a team we should have mauled, and we did. We came out with a victory, and we're two and one. So that's a big positive. Let's bring Kaz into the conversation. Kazo, what'd you think tonight, my friend? Well, we uh, defense, like we talked about, if the defense turns the ball over and actually scores touchdowns, um, we're going to win. And they, you know, they accounted for twenty-one points tonight. Um, the the Bears, uh, they had one really good drive. But, you know, when you have a short field, you're going to score. Uh, but overall, look, the defense looked great. Washington isn't very good, but you still got to beat a bad team, and they did. And, uh, you know, they looked a little better on offense. Ed, they did boot uh, the quarterback out. They tried to do different they things did. with him, but he did still, you know, he makes uh, that critical mistake. And, Really, we were lucky that Case Keenum didn't realize on fourth and one that it's not like on the goal line and you can extend the football. I mean, that was that was funny. Was... I've never seen a quarterback that clueless do something that stupid. I mean, it's it's amazing. It, it, it is. It's almost like you're watching an eighth grade, you know, yeah, junior high game. But you know, but that's what won. teams do and when they play us. Defense. Yeah, it's almost like people take stupid pills when they play the Bears, and uh, you know they. they, they you know, they had two tight ends, refused to even try to block uh, Khalil Mack, and he's, he, you know, he hits quarterback, strips the ball out. Uh, back to the interception. And, you know, a lot of people are going to say, well, you know, the game was already in the books. It was. But, you, you, folks, I mean, that's. Not really. That, that's your kids throwing the car keys in the ocean. You know, why, why would you do that? See, on that play. Yeah, and Josh Norman has struggled all year. If he has his back to you, then you'd say, okay, throw it over the receiver's outside shoulder. But he was standing there looking at Trubisky, and he threw it anyway. I mean, anybody in the stands could have picked that off. That was, I mean, I, I and those are the plays. Those are the, you know, those three or four touchstone kind of moments during the game where I turn and look at Carmen, I turn and look at OB. And you guys look at me and we say, what is he, 
How can you throw that? Gosh, have you ever seen anything like it? No, and what was weird is it's a fade route. So you throw it, you know, a bad quarterback throws it out of the end zone. A quality quarterback throws it right to that back cone, and only the receiver has a chance to to catch it. A horrific quarterback underthrows and throws the back shoulder fade. You know, it's on the goal line. And even the touchdown that Gabriel made, he threw it out of bounds. It was just a spectacular catch by the kid. It was a great catch. Kazi, hold that thought. Let me just get a. We got to get a quick check of news at ten thirty. We'll come back and get the post game show really rolling here. Hampel being Kaz three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Bears win. Bears win thirty one fifteen. So here are the skins as the final seconds count down, and they will be zero and three. And you go back the last four decades, there have been 176 teams to start a year 0-3. Only six have made the playoffs. If you don't raise the bar, nobody's going to try to give you anything extra. you got to demand it. Back to the Chevy Hampton OB Show with Cars. Sponsored by your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. Right now on WGN Radio. Hamp, OB, and Kaz, sponsored by Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. Bears win. Bears win 31-15. to OB, I got a trivia question for you. You ready? Fire. Taylor Gabriel, touchdown pass of a 1-yard, 3-yard, and 36-yard. All right, that's three touchdown passes in the first half of the game. Who's the last bear to do that? He played with you. In the first half of a game, Gail Sears. Sears. Mike Ditka, 1963. How about that? That's World Championship year. World Championship year. Hample, does it look at that? Ah. It was history tonight, damn it. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, you know, the Redskins are history, that's for sure. <laughs> and, you know, at some point, we, you know, we're happy. We won. But my goodness, I mean, other than a few uh, really extraordinary efforts by uh, Montgomery there at the end, the offense looked like it was just a grab bag. And there, you know, we talked about, you know, getting the quarterback on the move, get him out of the pocket, get him a little play action going, get him up. And I just got to tell you, you know, the other day I was watching Mahomes, and, and I know everybody's sick of us saying it, but I can't go to the bathroom when he's got the ball. I mean, I got to sit there and watch it. <laughs> And when our offense has got the ball, I don't want to leave the bath. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I Guys, I, and look, we got the Vikings. Okay, for whatever reason, the Vikings, they lose their minds when they play the Bears. Bears have beat them pretty good, uh, I don't know how many times in a row. And, hey, and hopefully we will do it again. But I'm just saying, you know, with an effort like we saw tonight, and it was a little ragtag, and the offense – and, and again, you can't throw. Okay, it's one interception right at the goal line. I got it. But at some point, you just got to say, those are the things that make you go, what in the world are you thinking? So, anyway, we uh, we've got a lot of things to clean up. Well, I can tell you what you know, and I, I again, not to talk in circles here, but I knew they were going to beat him, and I and I remember I've used the word crush. I might even have said it on the Rokan show last week. Uh, this team that we played was a horrible football team. It was. And we did what we should have done to a horrible football team. We kind of overwhelmed them. 
you know, all we did was dink and dunk, dink and dunk, dink and dunk, and it worked, and they broke tackles, and they ran for yards, and it worked. Now, is that going to work? What, 13 more times playing against, you know, teams like New England, Kansas City, et cetera, et cetera, the Packers, Vikings, Detroit Lions now all of a sudden came to life. And so it's going to be a tougher road from here on out. And hopefully these kids after tonight's victory, they're 2-1, and one, nice place to be after three games. Rather be 3-0, and oh, but we're 2-1, and one, and we're at home next, this coming Sunday, against the dreaded Vikings. So we have home field advantage. We have everything going for us to go, what, another victory. Get to three and one, then you go to Oakland, play them in London, and then you got the bye week. So, well, the schedules, and then you got a couple of home games after that with the Saints and the Ram and yeah, the Chargers and guess coming what? in. Drew Brees is out, right? They, they operate on his thumb. Yep, absolutely. So, You'll see Teddy Bridgewater. This this game was really important, even though I know that they would knock the living hell out of him, and they did. And but it was still important to get this win against a weak team. God forbid they should have lost. It's also two road wins: three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Uh, you're talking about the schedule, so let's let's bring Patty in Portage Park onto 720 WGN. Hampel will be in Cos. What's up there, Patty? Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for taking my call. It's truly an honor to speak with Mr. Obradovich, Mr. Hampton, Mr. Kozlowski. Thank, Thank you, you guys for supplying the best post-game show <coughs> in Chicago. Thanks, Patty. Woo, thanks. I got to tell you, uh, this is, if, if I may, gentlemen... Bring, bring the fire that you always bring. This was not enough. This was not enough. We have the toughest schedule in the NFL. And like you said, OB, we don't put them away. It no, seemed like the defense went to sleep in the second half. If we're going to take on the toughest schedule in the NFL, this is all we got? We got to play the Chargers. We got to play the Eagles. This is not enough. We need to put teams to sleep, Right. You know, Patty. It, With our it, defense, we should. Thank you, Patty. Well, and, and guess what? I mean, the, the perfect scenario is when the offense feeds off the defense, and the defense feeds off the offense. And we had a, 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 a couple of chances where we could just bust this thing open, embarrass them, and let them kind of, you know. Let a bunch of guys start feeling sorry for themselves and start, you know, coming up with leg injuries or something. But we didn't. We let them stay in it. And then guess what? We get, you know, uh, the quarterback throws a, you know, a dumb interception and they go 97 yards. I don't, guys, think about this. You know, during the course of a year, and OB, you know, hey, it's about developing the, the camaraderie and pride. And okay. There's a point where you start saying, hey, it's not just winning, it's how you win. And I think Patty's, you know, he's just like us. He saw what the product on the field was tonight. I'm sorry, it wasn't enough. It it wasn't against that bunch of of mops. We needed to be, you know, 10 foot tall and throwing people around. We weren't. And you know what? We let them hang around all night long with basket case, throwing three interceptions, turning it over twice. It's just, it, it's almost in a, in a way ridiculous that we, we don't hold ourselves to a higher standard. And I'll tell you, where does it come back and bite you? Think back in the playoff game. The Philadelphia Eagles got the ball 
and drove 65 yards in a 10-play drive for a touchdown in the fourth quarter. If we're the great defense that everybody says we are and we think we are, you don't let them do it. Well, you don't let those rat skins drive 97 yards after your quarterback makes a boo-boo. And you know what? Sooner or later, it'll come back and bite us. They did turn over Case Keenum five times. A couple of picks of like... That's good stuff. Yeah. But again, guys... Yeah, okay, you know, ha-ha, Clinton Dix made two great plays on the ball. Two great ones. He's got to be the defensive player. We'll get to that. You know, Mac had a couple of real nice rushes early in the game. Then, you know, Chuck had to start sending uh, Trevathan an awful lot on pass rush because everybody was wearing down. Nobody was really making, you know, anything happen. But at the end of the day, the defense showed cracks, showed the Minnesota Vikings, how they can be attacked. It will come back to haunt you. That's why, you know, you you got to have pride. You can't let, you know, these, these nobodies take you 97 yards for a touchdown. Well, I thought that we'd see a little bit more of Mitch Trubisky, <clears throat> you know, moving around in the pocket, moving the pocket around, stronger weak side. I thought we'd be going down down the field a hell of a lot more up against probably – the worst, if not one of, it's one of, they're either the worst, second or third worst defense in the league, folks. That's who we played tonight. We really did. And for us to try to, when, when are we going to, when are we going to grow up and let this kid play football? When are we going to try to throw a, a, a long, can, a, a long pass, a, again, a fly, a post? This was the perfect team to do that against, to try to get some confidence that yes, we can strike. From a long play. We can make it work. We can do it. And we don't even attempt to try to go and do it against the Washington Redskins when we had them down on the ropes and we still don't go try to go downfield and try to make something happen. Build some confidence in Trubisky. You got this kid playing scared to death football. That's what I see. Scared to death football. He still has to feel better after tonight than he's felt after games one and two, and he did have the 36 You weren't throw. listening to what I just said. You've got to go down the field. Watch. watch. All you've got to do is watch Sunday night, Monday night. Watch the highlights. Watch Mahomes. Watch Rodgers. Watch Brady. Watch them all throwing the ball down the field. That's but all you see. 30, 40, 50-yard, 60-yard plays. Okay? What do you see us? Three-foot passes. Three-yard passes. That's what we do. I'm sorry, but that's what it is. And I thought after we got up in this game in the second half, they'd come out and bury him and try to play big boy football, and I'll be damned if they did not. When is this kid going to wake up? When is this coaching staff going to wake up? Kazi? Keep in mind also, if they convert on that fourth down and one, right? They're only down five points with seven, you know, and they score there. They're down five points with seven minutes to go, and now your quarterback's going to have to go out there. And like Ed said, he had zero confidence after he threw that pick. So, yeah, they let him hang around, but they did finish it off when it was all said and done. But it wasn't, it wasn't a quality performance. Now, here's the good news. Ed is not barred from another city because he told the guys to bet You're their, right. you know, bet everything on it, and he was correct. <laughs> he can return to Palatine once again. Right, because no. he said, this. I guarantee this one, and, you know, he got it done, so you could go back now. 
under cover of midnight. <laughs> Kazi, good stuff. We'll we'll talk to you after the Vikings game, my friend. All right. You got it. You guys have a great night. And uh, you know what? The Bears won, and they're two and one. And you know the, they have a great chance against the Vikings at home. The Vikings. It, it's been a long time since they've beaten the Bears at home. So. I saw they, they they showed uh, uh, what was her name Christine Blossy Ford with a uh, Trubisky jersey on it. So we uh, we got her thinking that he's a good quarterback. So that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, she was in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> See you, Kaz. Good night. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. I'm not ob. What? All I'm saying is that he feels better after tonight than he felt after the first two. He has to. He was brutal against Green Bay. Well, yeah. there's there's no question about it. And you know the the dink in dunk worked against again. Look at who we're playing. I get it. That's probably the worst all around defense in the National Football League. Well, and if you look and that's at- and that's what we're supposed to do is pound them. We should throw on them, run on them. The point I'm trying to make to you and our listeners is. When we had him down, go after him. Put the finishing touches on him. And let's try to see if we can throw a long ball. Not one time. Let's just continue to go down the field and try to make things happen. Instead of playing it to the vest, playing not to lose. And damn it, like Glenn just said, there's a couple of things there right at the end towards the in the end of the third round, the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter. Started to change a little bit. But we don't Put people away. And this is a team we should have buried. 312-981-7200. Let's get some calls in here. Steve in Florida. Welcome to 720 WGN Hample being Kaz. Go ahead, Steve. Hey, good evening, guys. Uh, you know, it does feel good to have a win on, on Monday night. Usually these primetime games lately have been a disaster. But uh, i tell you what I was relieved by. The defense, they seem to have the wind in their sails. They're, they're finally, you know, playing good football. And it wasn't, you know, I wasn't blaming them earlier. The, the head coach treating week one and week two like a preseason, you know, like preseason was just awful. If this team would have been prepared right, we should be 3-0. and But but it is what it is. You'll take 2-1. and one. I agree. As far as the offense, uh, you know, when is Trubisky going to learn to throw a fade pass in the end zone? You throw it to the pylon, you either sail it over the guy's head or you catch a touchdown. One way or the other, you're getting points. To underthrow it and get interceptions, it's frustrating. The running backs, I don't understand why you have um, Cohen and um, – and Patterson, your two burners running between the tackles. You, that's what you got Montgomery and um, and Davis for. Your yeah. big hammer is running them up the middle. And another thing, if you're going to run run halfback outs, you, you know, ch- trying to have Trubisky throw it to Cohen in tight coverage. The guy doesn't have a accuracy to to drop it in a, in a bucket like that. You know, on a dime like that. Patterson, who has a much better catch radius. It would be the guy that you want to throw it to, and uh, that's all I got, gentlemen. Great call, Steve. Hey, Steve. Good you know, there's there's one thing, and I've been telling Dan last year and Carm, Cohen, Tariq Cohen, is the perfect flanker back. I agree. He's the perfect flanker back. He can stop in one bazillionth of a second, and bang, he's gone. Inside or outside, he breaks away. He can get separation like nobody on this team can. And he's got that 
dynamite explosion speed from right from the get-go. He should be in the slot like Danny Amendola and the other ones at New England. And I'm going to tell you something. He should be in motion. And I, again, would hate like hell to be the guy that has to cover him when he comes from the strong to the weak side or the weak side to the strong side. The flanker back comes in motion, and at the snap of the ball, he breaks. And with his speed, he's gone. We don't use him that way. We've got him in an ace backfield. He's 5'6". And weighs 180 pounds with 10 pounds of weight on him. He has no business being in the ace backfield. None. He's a receiver. He's a flanker back. That's what this kid is. Well, he said on the broadcast tonight, too, spot on. 312-981-7200. Let's take a quick timeout. Get back to your calls. Happen OB with Kaz up till midnight. Bears are 2-1. and 31-15. They beat the Redskins on 720 WGN. Keenum. Intercepted. That is ha-ha Clinton Dix a year ago here in D.C. and now into the end zone here in D.C. A 37-yard pick six return for ha-ha Clinton Dix. I think we're playing that ha-ha moment because it's time for the Muller game-changing moment sponsored by the Muller Auto Group with family-owned dealerships in Highland Park, Gurney, Hoffman Estates, Muller Automotive. You will not be disappointed. OB. There is always a Muller in the house. and That is the truth. <laughs> this he's got Mike's got his sons all over the place. He's got everybody. I just go and hang out at the Highland Park dealership. They got a nice little coffee set up over there. You can, you and when can, ha-ha shows up, he takes it to the house. Took it to the house. Like that that uh, was great to see the Bears defense getting in the end zone. I needed one. Yeah, it was time to shake something loose. It was good. Oh, good, there, good, good. There we go. Ha ha Clinton Dix with our Muller game changing moment. Six. Made it Dix pick six. Seven nothing Bears. And they they went on to roll from there. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Let's get some calls in here real quick. Bob in Bloomingdale, welcome to WGN. Go ahead, Bob. Hey, uh, you guys have the best show uh out there. To be sure, I want to bring up a, a couple things. So this offense, um, two weeks in a row, you know, almost uh, gave the Bears the ability to lose two games in a row, Amen. and uh, obviously they uh, pulled it out. Came close. Uh, yeah, it did come close, um, and, and it's too, uh, you know, it's too bad. The question I have is when I look at that line, a couple things. Why did they go with the experiment of swapping Daniels? Along with White here, because to me they don't neither one of them look comfortable in what they're doing. And um, when I look at Kyle Long, I'm looking at him, he looks so out of place. There's something going on with him in terms of his performance. And I, I looked at the whole tape, and I uh, just want to get your thoughts on that. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. Kyle Long had a day off of practice this week, a maintenance day, so who knows what's going on physically? He, look, he's only played half the games the last three years, and he's you know got issues on a game-to-game basis. So, But we'll give him a little bit of a pass because he's not the one that said he wasn't going to play in a preseason game. And you know what? The long-term answer is to have Whitehair at guard and Daniel at center, but that's almost criminal, making him play in an NFL regulation game without letting him play in the preseason. Absolutely, Dan. It's, Bingo. It's, it, it's a sin. It's a sin to have a, you know, have a kid you know, have to go out there and play against these guys that are, you know, A1 players, and you don't have your work done. You haven't been to the woodshed. 
All I, I, I just got to tell you, there's a lot of weird stuff going on with that offense and, and Nagy's mind. I don't know what the hell's going on, OB, but this offense, it's going backwards at 100 miles an hour. Let's talk about it coming up after the 11 o'clock news here. We'll take all your calls coming back, and we'll hear from Adam Hogue out in D.C. Bears 31, Redskins 15. Yes, OB. Uh, no, I'll wait till I'll we come. Well, yeah, here, quickly. You know, we talked about the five turnovers in the game. Yeah. And not to, again talk over too much but you know you think that five turnovers five by Washington and we're in the fourth quarter and lo and behold Washington's on a move and they had a chance to catch us and beat us they had a chance they were they were making them sweat there's no doubt about it it was it was getting a little bit uncomfortable but uh, that was a huge turnover as Keenum reaching for the goal line at the 22 yard line which was not the best moment that was not the best moment in case Keenum's career that falls under how dumb is dumb that was bad all right quick time of great for the bears quick time out news at the top then your calls and we're here till midnight bears win 31-15 on 720 WGN if you don't raise the bar nobody's going to try to give you anything extra you got to demand it Back to the Chevy Hampton OB show with Cars, sponsored by your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. Right now on WGN Radio. I don't like a lot of people. This, this is, uh, I, I turn on the mic, OB, just so you know. This has been a fascinating break of the Ed O'Bradovich. No, no, you're okay. You're okay. You're okay. Don't relax. Everybody chill out. But uh, we are talking about the Ed O'Bradovich retirement party that OB apparently sold tickets to. Which is, hey. That you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do with life. All right, let's get back on track. Bears thirty one, the Redskins fifteen. It's time to great. I wanted to know how many people came to my. <laughs> <laughs> you know how many people came to Dan Hen's retirement party? How many? Obi? You ever see a donut? <laughs> Jump through that. That would be come on. Zero. I that's come on. I was at the. I got. I had the privilege of going to the Hampo Christmas party last year. There was. Uh, there was everybody was. That's a Christmas party he threw for himself. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, let's grade the Bears secondary team. How was the coverage today? It's sponsored by PPG Paints for the best coverage. Chicagoland Painters pick PPG. I, I would assume we're going to give some good grades to that secondary today. Yes. And, okay, oh, you know, the uh, the two breaks. Well, the they fell asleep a little bit in yeah. the third and fourth quarter. But all in all, they're, yeah, yeah. They, they're, they're players. They yeah, did enough. You know, and, and really, a lot of people don't really – and this is one thing that I was – Ed Donatel was the secondary coach a year ago. And I thought, you know, we all know that Akeem Hicks had an amazingly good year and, and Mac was great and other guys were coming on. But the secondary, they were just like the un, unsung heroes of it. And the first couple of weeks, I, I didn't see it, but tonight I did. You know, Cal Fuller's is still he's he's very good and ha ha physical Clint tonight. Dicks. Yeah, he, he he made some some nice plays. It took him a little bit to get engaged. Uh, Amukamara, uh, we st- that's the weak link, and we all know that Eddie Jackson is as good at free safety as there is. So. I would give him an A minus, especially when you look at those two turnovers and one going for a score. Ob A minus B. B okay B. I, I'm gonna stick with Hamp. I go A minus just because they got seem like they got a little bit tired late. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was a pass rush. 
Yeah, come on, let's be real. Uh, secondary is only as good as a pass rush. All right, let's get some calls in here. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. John in Lafayette, Indiana, wants to talk about the O-line. John, welcome to WGN. Go ahead. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. First-time caller. Thanks, Danny. Welcome, yeah, gentlemen. John. Appreciate that it. That offensive line is weak. I mean, if it wasn't for Montgomery in the fourth quarter, there was no rushing attack at all. You're not wrong about that, uh, and it, and thanks for the call. It's 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 uh, I don't know how how big of a concern is it for y'all because if you look at the rushing numbers tonight, and it's not necessarily all the you know don't put all on the well, running where, backs. Where John is, where, where I agree with John on this, is the fact that again, they an offensive line they don't have an offensive line. That team is a very very weak, not a very very good football team at all, at any positions, and the worst position would be quarterback. And and damn it, they hung in there with us. But I'll tell you what, we'll come see next week. The next few weeks are going to tell a little tale around here. Well, and easily the best defensive line we will have seen thus far this year. Um, it certainly we'll, wasn't we'll, this one. No, 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 not at all. Kerrigan's not bad, but, I, but, but again, remember that uh, tonight Leno was out. No, excuse me. Massey was out. Yep. And Cal Long has has struggled to be kind. Uh, we still have uh, the center and the left guard trying to get their wherewithal because they haven't played that spot in real actual NFL contest. Uh, this would be the third one. They didn't get a chance in the preseason. We already went over that, but. Sooner or later, you know, offensive line, and you know, if you know anything about football, you know, and I don't mean to be condescending here, but your worst athletes on the football team are the offensive linemen. But they can be the most valuable if they have tenacity and they get after people. And it doesn't take a lot of, you know, great talent to get in somebody's face and and stay with them and block them. And we, we, we just don't seem to be finishing blocks. People shed us. And hit hit our backs, pretty much at the line of scrimmage, and that's not good enough. And Harry Heidelberg, uh, the, uh, the offensive line coach uh, last year, I would have gave them a B plus, A minus, but thus far this year, very disappointing. And you can't discount this, you know. Just like I said, the secondary is dependent on the pass rush. Well, how much of this can we lay at the feet of the offensive line for Trubisky's struggles when he knows? The running game really is a no-go. Uh, only in certain instances could they even maybe get it going. But he knows that a seven-step drop, he's going to take some hits. Maybe he's rushing. Maybe his head's, you know how you get your mind, you know, it's racing and he's not able to stay. I don't know, but I'm just telling you, the offensive line, three games, and they've had three bad games. They really have. Well, let me tell you, we offensively, they they have they have got to make a statement here sooner and later. The the Bears defense can't keep taking five balls away, getting a pick six, fumbles this that, doing it game after game after game. It's just it's not. It happened last year, but I can guarantee you right now, folks. You think it's going to happen again this year? It's not going to be game after game after game after game. We're playing some. T- we had the easiest schedule in the National Football League last year, by the way. Now we supposedly have the tough, one of the toughest, if not the toughest, and we're going to start to play some tough people. And that offensive line is going to have to step up and play like 
harder than they've ever played. Running backs run harder. Mitch Trubisky play harder than he's ever played. And our defense has still got to keep it going for four quarters. They can't take time off. You know what? I, you know, I keep talking about this. This is 16 games, okay? You got, what, nine months off or whatever it is or, or eight months off and to come back in shape and get ready to go for 16 games? You got to let everything that you have out, every play, even if you're special teams players, when you're out there, everything has to come out on you on every single play. Offense, defense. That's how you become a world champion. You don't let up. I, I, I can't express that hard enough. I've been there. I've seen it. Dan has been there. He's seen it. He's worked it. He's made things happen. There, forget about well, well, luck and the bounce of the ball and everything. You got to make it happen. You got to believe and you got to go out for 16 days and play your body off like you never played before. Like it's the last damn thing you're doing on earth. If you truly love this game and you want to be a world champion, that's exactly what you have to do. Period. Good word choice there, OB. I thought we were going to hit the danger zone there, and that was a great job. Hey, real quick, let me just throw this in. And, you know, we're throwing all this garbage. Am I right? Yes. Yes, you are. But here's another thing to think about with the offensive line. You know, we saw the tight ends for the Redskins, you know, neglect their responsibilities tonight, and it cost the offense. Well, our, our you know, our offense is based on a tight end-centric type of an, t- an attack. That's what they had in Kansas City with Travis Kelsey. But we, we've got a grab bag of tight ends. You know, Trey Burton, I see him diving around on the field. I don't see him doing a whole lot. He caught a ball or two. Shaheen. He got one pass, and then he left the field. Brunacher, you know, Sowell, they thought he would be a force at tight end, you know, as a, like a, the auxiliary blocker, but he got cut today, right? Didn't they release him? Yeah, Sowell's Danny, out. We right. don't have a legitimate but, tight end on this football team. You're right. And that is, you talk about the passing game. Yes. They're one of the most integral positions on a passing game is the tight end. We got four of them or five of them that are active and you put them all together and they still don't make one. There you go. And I think that may be the hidden secret of why this offense is struggling. Maybe we'll find something out about this this week. No, that's a good point, Dan. I never even thought of that. <laughs> you got to have, he's so important. Well, at the tight end in the passing game, it's huge. You, you've been mentioning that every week, OB. I that's a, that was a little tongue-in-cheek there, was it not? we got to take a quick time out, then we'll get to the phone lines coming back here. Hang and, in there, callers. And through all that conversation as far as the offensive line, one thing that looks very real for the Bears, David Montgomery, that dude is legit. And the and the Quit putting Tariq Cohn in the ace-back position or anything to do in the backfield. Put him at a flanker back or a wide out. What you're just talking about, the gentleman you just talked about, our third round, the third round pick, yeah. Montgomery. He was great. He is good. Yeah. Get him in there, give him the ball, let him run. He weighs about 225, 230 pounds. He can run, he can move. The one run today where he got he just stutter step behind the line and then sprinted to the right. That was a that was a great run, great feel. Yep, that was awesome. All right, quick timeout, and we'll get to uh your calls coming back here. Bears are two and one. They beat the Redskins 31-15. Minnesota's up next. That's a 325 kickoff at Soldier Field. 
And our postgame show next week is 6.30 to 9 o'clock. So keep that or mark that. Get it in your calendar. Let's do Who Brought It Today. It's sponsored by the Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois, the card to bring through it all. Hampo, who do you got on Who Brought It? Well, you got to think. It'd be two people, right, OB? Taylor Gabriel, three touchdowns in one quarter, I think. Yeah, all the second quarter. And uh, Khalil Mack. And I think Khalil Mack, you know, had a, a huge effect on the way the uh, the early part of the game was played. Well, Danny Trevathan, he was awesome too. You could, he was awesome, is right. So there's, I don't know, maybe make it a triple. The old triple on who brought it. The old triple there's, on who brought it. There's no rules here. We can do that. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Uh, let's get to the callers here, and we'll start with Carl in Rockford. What's up, Carl? Welcome to WGN. Thank you. Thanks, gentlemen, for taking my call. First right, time Carl. caller. Love you guys uh, and the Bears. Um, Dan, I had the unfortunate experience of playing under Dave Kaplan while he coached at NIU. Um, what I'd like to do is discuss uh, what I think is sometimes the ill-timed timed outs by Coach Nagy and his staff. If you remember last year, the Giants game, when we had New York on their heels after sacking Manning twice, uh, I think we were up 14-7. They were going to let the clock run out. They were like 18 seconds. We called timeout, and then they run a draw to Barkley and then an out, and they kick a field goal at the, at the buzzer, and uh, they come out, score the next 14 points third quarter, and we end up losing by three. Tonight, we're up 28-9, to nine, and, um, you know, it's, it's late in the third quarter, and, uh, you know, we've been driving down. We got them on their heels. They're tired, and we call timeout. And... Uh, you know, then we, we, we try to get cute instead of, I think, hey, you got them tired now. It gives the opposing team, their coaches, time to look at formations, tendencies they might have looked at on film, and they're better prepared. And I thought that timeout changed the momentum of the game. All right, Carl, appreciate you. Carl, you know what? He's got some very astute observations. Let me just say this. In, in the pregame, back about 6.20 today, I was kind of squawking, saying, hey, hey, it's time. It's time you start acting like, hey, you know, this this is getting serious, right? I mean, it, this is something that we're not just going to kind of treat like a preseason game and kind of go through the motions. And how can I get mad when the players aren't, you know, maybe bolted down the way I want them and, as you said, treat every play like it's – you know, a championship season, you never know what's going to happen on any given play. But here's the other thing. The coach, you know, remember uh, up in Denver calling timeout because Khalil Mack's out of breath. And then uh, coming up with all these little cute plays where, you know, instead of you get into conventional offense and quarterback sneak, we're going to do, you know, an RPO handoff to a wideout. So I'm just saying. I don't know what has to happen, but hey, somebody needs to uh, get a message to uh, the coaching staff that guess what? It's it's the NFL regular season. It's time you get after people, and you don't ask quarter, and you don't give it. Boy, I tell you what, Carl, if if we're one and one, and and it was, and both those games were a struggle. Uh, and 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 we just faltered play after play quarter after quarter but we were one on one 
But going against this team, which is exactly what the Bears needed, was the Washington Redskins. We needed a team like that, that didn't have an offensive line, didn't have a defensive line, didn't have backer, they didn't have anything. And they pretty much still stayed in the game in the third quarter and early in the fourth quarter. It, it started to become iffy. But the fact is, we won. Now we got two victories, two victories and one loss. We're at home against the Vikings. And I'm going to tell you something, Vikings are coming in loaded for the Bear. Believe me, they're going to come in here and they're going to throw, mark my words when I'm telling this to you folks, they're going to throw every blitz in the book at Trubisky. They're going to keep, who's ever blitzed from the outside is going to have containment and they will have containment. Watch them come up the middle with line tricks coupled with blitzes from the Mac middle linebacker, the weak side linebacker, the strong safety, the weak safety. They're going to blitz the hell out of the Bears. Mark my words on this one, folks. And the Bears better be ready for it. Hey, and here's the other thing. You know, we all know Kirk Cousins has has really underwhelmed at every opportunity. But he's never had a running back like Dalvin Cook. This kid is really good. It changes the complexion of their offense where they don't have to have Cousins make every play. So it, it brings in it yeah. brings in the the play action, it brings in the bootlegs, the sprint outs. When you have a runner that can do that, like we've got a kid called Montgomery, and again, I shouldn't say this, but I don't give a damn. Put the kid in that running back and put Tariq Cohn in the slot. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. RJ in a car. Welcome to WGN. Go ahead. Fellas, your show is better than the second half. So start with that. Thank you. <laughs> Ed, I want to isolate on you because I've been a huge Ed Bradovich fan for, uh, I even remember when you were in that Robert Conrad series as a bartender. Sure, yeah. You, you had like one line every episode, like, you want another one? or uh, I never saw him. Well, it was a little bit more than that, but. <laughs> no, your presence was a big thing. Ed, here's what I want to ask you. You talked about they should have put their throat on the the reds or their their cleats on the redskins throat in the second half they're on a short week they got a major division game coming up on saturday Sunday. let's go back to 1963 Sunday. what's the only game your champion bears 49ers you know no, how many no, games no, they Ed, won Ed, Ed you're jump ahead of me okay well, you're right. jump ahead of me you beat the rams 52 to 14 now that's putting cleats on a throat right yes and then what's the only game you lost that year? 49ers. And you know, the only game that the 49ers won? That game. Was that, was that game. They won point, one game, we won the world championship, and we lost to them. But, Ed, my point being, would you reconsider the statement you made earlier in this show? Did the Bears coaching staff play the second half correctly in light of the fact short week, major division opponent in five days? Ooh. Oh, that doesn't make any difference. You kidding me? Listen, let me tell you. If you've got a coaching staff that can't figure that out, and and you've got fifty three players that they can figure it out, then you're in the wrong business. There's a formula for that. There's a reason for it. If it's a short week, a long week, it all works out. Believe me, it does. RJ, it does. I think RJ's getting at the. He wants to pace the team, which is the the exact opposite of what we've sort of been talking about as far as the preseason and everything since. Well, uh, I thought I thought RJ's question was because of the short week, you know, five days, or whatever. That doesn't matter. Am I not correct in that, Daniel? That doesn't I, I, matter. I, I lean your way, and I'll tell you this, RJ. Here's here's the other part. 
did you see any cons, uh, facet of the team that was in total control? Our defense was giving up yards at the end of the game. Our offense was getting kicked around. Trubisky was throwing interceptions. I'm just saying, we weren't in control. I think what OB means when he says, you know, put your cleats on their throat, that's a blowout, 45 to 10 or something. This wasn't a blowout. This was still in the balance. So, yeah, it was almost like they were doing themselves a disservice because they had to play harder, longer, because they weren't taking care of business. Let's give our guys some love here. Insurance companies, you know what they use? They use lizards. They use ostriches. They use that to make us laugh. What happened? Vuk! Yep, what happened having an honest, smart human being guide you? Check out Vuk. JeffVook.com. Decades of experience nationwide is on your side. Vuk! Check them out. The Vuk. All right, news coming up. Adam hey, Hope. Did I actually say put the cleats in her throat? I didn't say that. Did I don't I? think you said that. Something, but something that. to that effect, though. But that's oh yeah, that's all right. That's fine. I'll, that's good enough too. I think you said take them down. It's so, uh, it's a lively metaphor. Yeah, there we go. Or a vision, or picture, or whatever you want to call it. It's a symmetry that uh, you were looking for, Ob. Well, that's it's, what you got to do. It's on your vision board at home, right? That's, that's what you got to do. Next to where you, you do the yoga. You got. I'm going to tell you something. You know, I told you before, you can die out on that field, guys. You can die on that field. No, that's the truth. You were on the field when... I was on the field yeah. when a guy dropped dead Chuck Hughes. Yeah. Right in front of me. All right, quick timeout. News coming up, 720 WGN. Trubisky, easy, wasn't it? Gabriel again. So the fumble recovery by that guy, and then Trubisky goes to Taylor Gabriel for his second of the night. Three touchdowns for Taylor Gabriel in the second quarter. Uh, but he might not be playing next week. Had to leave with a concussion. Let's go out to FedEx Field in Washington, D.C., where Adam Hogue was covering the Bears game for us tonight. Our outstanding Bears reporter on 720 WGN. What can you update on, on Taylor Gabriel, Hoagie, and uh, what do you know about Akeem Hicks? Uh, yeah, let's, uh, Gabriel's a confirmed concussion, so, uh, you know, that's what it is tonight. We'll have to see what his status is this week. It is a short week before you play the Vikings. Uh, Akeem Hicks, look, guys, I think this is something he's been dealing with. Um, you know, I haven't been able to get anything confirmed the last couple weeks, but he's been not out on the field as much as he has in the past. And he's, I know he's been doing a lot of rehab at, at House Hall during the week. Uh, and he just at times has come off the field, been slow to get up. You could tell he's battling through something. You give him a lot of credit for battling through it the way he is. Um, but Matt Nagy seemed optimistic that he'll be able to fight through this. It's not something um, that occurred on a single play tonight and something that could you know end his season or anything like that. I think people get scared when you hear that with a knee injury. So I think it's just something that Akeem Hicks is going to have to continue to battle through. Now, he did. Wa- I did watch him leave the stadium tonight and he was limping very heavily but that is immediately following a game that he did not finish so not very surprising there i mean you both can speak to this and hampo especially you with the knee how 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 much does that affect you as the season goes along we're only in week three here now you do have a bye coming up but that's not easy to deal with is it you know i I, i'm just telling you i i could have sworn i saw a walking boot on him not a knee so i look all these things you know big guys 84 degrees, high humidity, they come on pretty quick. You know what I'm saying? Especially when you're tired. And 
at one point it was 31 to 28 to 3 or whatever. You know, you're kind of thinking in your head, oh, well, this thing's kind of over. I need to kind of, you know, take it easy. We'll see. He'll be fine. He He's not going to let this, uh, you know, get in uh, get in the way of him having, you know, a big impact on on the season. All right. Uh, so, uh, job one tonight was to, to kind of, you know, keep uh, our wobbly quarterback, you know, headed down the uh, the gangplank on his progressions. What did, what did you think you saw, uh, especially with that uh, lovely pick at the uh, end of the game? Yeah, this was uh, one of those games where the tape is just not going to match what the final numbers were. I mean, only six incompletions, 231 yards, three touchdowns, and a quarterback rating at 116. Um, I thought Mitch had a, one good quarter. I thought he played very well in the second quarter and was was accurate in that quarter. And uh, the throw to Taylor Gabriel that was originally called incomplete and reversed uh, was a great play. Uh, in the first quarter, his accuracy was all over the place. Everything was high or low. Nothing was where it should have been. And, um, you know, it, it seemed like that got corrected in the second. And then all of a sudden that interception happened. Um, his answer was basically what I thought seen it live. You had one-on-one coverage there. You tried to throw a fade. And I think at the last second, for some reason, he tried to go back shoulder. And obviously there wasn't enough separation there. There may have been a penalty there. But, look, you can't throw that pass short of the end zone and expect your wide receiver to have any chance to catch the ball. And you can't expect the official to throw a penalty on a hold if you're not even going to get the ball into the end zone. So, unfortunately, I think, guys, this game is a microcosm of what Mitch's career has been so far, which is inaccuracy issues. Then he has a good stretch where he looks great. He makes one highlight throw that you're like, wow, that's the guy you want. And then he comes back down to earth with an interception that, uh, quite frankly, is inexcusable. So um, this game was kind of how his career has been so far. That's incredibly spot on right there. It's exactly what it was. Well, that's the way it looked to me. I mean, you know, some of the throws he he can't miss in self-defense. And the one in the end zone was, was, you know, it was – it was out of bounds, and, and Gabriel made a great adjustment, getting it back, almost you know got him out of bounds. But that that interception, you can't throw that. The, you know Norman is looking at you. You you only throw that if the corner's back is to you, and he has no idea where the ball is. He was looking at him. I mean, anyway. By the way, you know we you know it, it wasn't so much Trubisky we were worried about tonight. It was the game plan of Matt Nagy, and. We were puzzled again. You know, Tariq Cohen, four attempts, uh, minus two yards. OB is throwing things around the studio here saying, hey, you got this hot shot little super back. Put Cohen in the slot. Let the running back be the running back. Why does it take so much to get Nagy to try to, you know, do what should be done? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it it did seem like they went to Montgomery a little late in this game. Um, And the results tonight were great. I mean, Averages 5.2 yards per carry on 13 attempts. Uh, a lot of that came on his 25-yard run. But, um, you know, that guy has a habit of getting what I love to call the dirty yards where there's not much there and he still manages to get something out of it. Uh, Tariq Cohen, he likes to bounce those to the outside. It usually runs out of bounds for a loss or, you know, not a whole lot of gain unless he's able to break a big one. 
So it's a little bit more boom or bust with Cohen, whereas Montgomery, I think we can all agree, looks like a pretty good running back um, who's got patience, can find open holes, can find yards when they're not there. So, um, you know, this is tough, guys, because I always say it's a lot easier to call plays when your quarterback is accurate and the offensive line is blocking. And when that's not happening, it's really hard to call the right play. So I, I, I get why, certainly I understand the frustration with going to Montgomery late tonight uh, or waiting that long to go to him. But I still think more so than anything, your quarterback needs to play better and, uh, and the players on the field need to make plays. Hey, Adam, the best thing that happened to today, the best thing that happened is that we played the Washington Redskins. We needed that big time. Believe me, we did. Yeah. We needed this victory so very, very, very bad. And no matter how we played or whatever, we got through, uh, you know, and we won. But we needed this victory to be 2-1. and one. Because, again, we're going to have some formidable, formidable opponents coming in, whether we're at home or away. And, and I just, for the life of me, do not understand why this coaching staff, with their game plans, why we... We scored some touchdowns today, but that's not our thing. Two games, we scored one touchdown in the 2019 season, going into this third game. And then if you couple the last game of last year, the playoff game, where we scored one touchdown, we have a problem putting six points on the board. We have a problem scoring touchdowns. That is a fact. It's right in front of us. And until we can solve that, through a, a, a complete overhaul of our offensive game plan and a complete overhaul of our thinking of how we should attack on an offensive game plan. We're going to see this week after week after week and hope and pray that our defense gets the takeaways and we somehow sneak out a last-second win or a win by a couple of points. That's not how you play football in the National Football League. That's just not how it's done. And that's what I see what's happening. Yeah, guys, it's, uh, this was definitely one of those games. I think we've had a handful of them so far over the last year and a half um, where you go, thank God Khalil Mack is on this roster, right? <laughs> because uh, the guy, the guy's just a game wrecker, and he had one of those games tonight. They seem to happen a lot on primetime, uh, and they seem to happen a lot in the games where Mitch Trubisky's, you know, not playing his best. So, again, uh, thank God he's on the roster, right? Because uh, if you can imagine this team – Tonight, without him, uh, the injury to Akeem Hicks, you're without Bilal Nichols. There's starting to be some injuries piling up here a little bit, which uh, is something they didn't have last year, and that's also something to watch here going, especially into a short week here against the Vikings. Speaking of that, Adam, before you go, uh, can you update Bobby Massey, who was inactive tonight on the offensive line, and Eddie Pinero, who uh, did miss a kick tonight but was out there battling his way? Yeah, so with Bobby, uh, very unexpected that he was inactive. And uh, it turned out that he got to the stadium today and was experiencing vertigo, uh, that according to Matt Nagy. And so uh, this really came down to really the, the, the last half hour or so before they had to make the inactives, and he just couldn't go. So they put Cornelius Lucas out there uh, without watching the tape too closely. It seemed like he was fine, didn't really notice him a whole lot. That's usually a good thing on the offensive line. Um, and then meanwhile, with Eddie Pinheiro, it's a pinched nerve. Uh, in his knee. So I think that's why you saw the Bears go ahead and throw him out there. That's the kind of thing you can't really make worse. It's just 
pain tolerance. It's not like he has a muscle pull or something like that that you could aggravate or, or do more damage to. So I think it was just a matter of fighting through it. And uh, he obviously was limping when he was walking, but hey, the kicks look pretty good. Obviously, he did miss that one, but hey, he wasn't going to be perfect this year. And I think it's you know somewhat of a good thing that he he misses a kick, comes back, makes the next one, and he's dealing with an injury. So that'll just be something to monitor again here on a short week. Hopefully he's not in so much pain against the Vikings on Sunday. Adam, great stuff. Travel safe. We'll read you at WGNRadio.com. And, uh, Get out of the swamp. Head on home, my brother. <laughs> All right, guys. Talk to you next week. Adam Hogan in FedEx Field in Washington, D.C. We'll come back. We'll take as many calls as we can get in here before midnight, and then I'm sticking around to 1 o'clock so we can continue the conversation. During that uh, 12 to 1 o'clock hour, we'll play a little... Uh, Matt Nagy for you. We'll play you some Adam Ho, uh, some Adam Hoag, some uh, Mitchell Trubisky. All that coming up. Seven twenty WGN. Let him go. Let him play football. It's the Chevy Hamp and OB Show with Cause, and it's brought to you by your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com on seven twenty WGN Radio. Bears win thirty one fifteen. With you till midnight with Hamp and OB. I'm sticking around till one. Let's do the defensive player of the game. It's sponsored by your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. Who do you got, Hampo? Ha ha, Clinton Dix. Ha ha. Dix pick six. And let me just tell you this. Normally when a first round pick is kind of brushed out and then goes to a second team and leaves, you're thinking this guy's headed for the door. He he earned him a spot here in Chicago today with two great breaks on the ball, one for a, a you know return for a touchdown. Well, Good and he stuff. he was he was asked after the game, "Hey, uh, did you enjoy doing that against your your former team?" And he said, "Hell yes, I did." Hell yes. Okay, <laughs> and let me just tell you this: it looks to me like he's down about ten pounds, and he's got a lot better break skills. You know, and when he plants that back foot, boom, he's going to the ball now. Yeah, he, uh, good stuff. People forget that he played nine games for the Redskins last year after Green Bay got rid of him. Uh, so he was a Packer starting back all the way back in 2014, but then I had a cup of coffee with the Redskins as well. All right, let's get some calls in here. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Bears win thirty one fifteen. Let's see here. Let's go with you, Cav, out in California. I want to talk about the play calling. Cav, welcome to WGN. Go ahead. Hey, you guys are the best. I actually hear you on a podcast, uh, the Wrestlinga Show, that actually plays highlights of your show every week. So that's how I got to know you guys. So I had to call in being a big Bears fan. Uh, OB, you are 100% correct. Nagy plays terrified. He's like... They're scared to lose instead of like playing to win, and the defense gets all. Let's all back up. Let's let everyone throw in front of us at the end. It's always it makes your stomach hurt watching the games all the time. They're up by so much. I'm finally relaxing, and then all of a sudden I'm puckered up. I'm terrified watching the game because it seems like the same old story. And tell me this: if Mahomes is on this team, we don't win the next five Super Bowls in a row with this defense and his arm. They yeah. might. Well, hold on a second, though. Before we go any further, what yeah. podcast is playing this show? We got to get some rights. Uh, go ahead. Well, the Wrestlinga show plays it, but they play just like the highlights. So it's like, oh, this is the greatest show ever, and they play clips from the show. Uh, but they have a whole other show. But it's it's all complimentary, of course. Of course. You know, and see, yeah, everybody went crazy when, when I said if we had Jay Cutler. We would have probably won three or four Super Bowls. What we're looking for is a quarterback 
that not necessarily has to throw five touchdowns a game. He just doesn't beat you. And I know you're saying, oh, well, Jay Cutler used to throw. He threw interceptions because we didn't have no choice. I mean, we had a crummy bunch of receivers. We had, you know, a defense who's giving up points. He was always down. And I'm just saying, you know, Mahomes, would it change? I mean, it would be almost an unfair advantage. But, you know, that that is going to be the tell of the tape. How does Nagy kind of, you know, rebuild not only his confidence in what they're trying to do on offense, but the quarterbacks as well? And the offensive line is starting to, you know, splinter and and get beat up. And this is not going to be easy. And, and, you know, I don't want to be, you know, chicken little screaming sky's falling, but Minnesota's pretty good. Watched them pretty close the last couple of weeks, and they're a lot better than the Redskins. And like you said, there were three or four instances in the second half where you pucker up saying, what's going on here? I had a bunch of people text me, what the heck? OB... Our caller basically wants to know one thing. Will Nagy be able to pull out of this nosedive of lack of confidence and scared offensive play calling? Will he try to reclaim his manhood and actually throw the ball down the field at some point? Well, you know, that's... Stay up, OB. Before that, another question. I'm kind of stumbling here. I've never been asked that question. And I... All I can tell you is go by your past, his past history since he's been here. He thinks he's an innovator. He thinks he's a creator. He thinks that he's going to go down the history of football as he is the guy that changed the way you play exhibition games. It's the way you look at getting ready for a season. He's the guy that's going to come up with all these trick plays, and that's how the new way of playing football in the NFL. And I truly believe that this guy believes that stuff. I really do. And as far as I'm concerned, from what I've seen from him, what he's been here, I have no confidence in him whatsoever. You take Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick, and then take a look at what we got with Nagy. That tells you the story right there. There's nothing more to be said. Let's bring in Wynn in Madison, Wisconsin. wants to talk about the defense. What's up, Wynn? Hello, thank you very much for taking my uh, uh, my call. Um, you know, I just before that, I want to say this. I particularly enjoy the discussion, this very learned discussion, because it go, it gives a very honest opinion, unlike the pimps who are the sports media. You know, Amen. Uh, this is a very You're right. We tell you the this truth. Is a, we put a yeah, yeah, cheese yeah, on the track. Unvarnished truth. You know, um, uh, I've always loved defense, and my teams, the, the Steelers in the days of uh, of, of um, Mean Joe Green and what have you, that's de- that defined defense. And I've always loved even your your 85 Bears that kind of just smothered uh, offenses. And I thought there was a prospect for this um, with this team after they got some high-priced players. And I was so uh, – I, I, I couldn't believe how – uh, they put big guys into coverage, you know. And but this is the you know there's good news. I want to leave with good news. Uh, at least the glass half full. This time, this was the first game I saw of the Bears this year, where they unleashed the defense. They let them kind of. 
try and, and really put pressure at the point. And seems like it worked in the first half, but I don't know much about football as you do, so please comment on that. And thank you very okay. much. You got to win. All right, and, and, and look, our, our defensive line hasn't got all the voodoo going yet. So Scrine was blitzed about six times last week. This week, Danny Trevathan was blitzed. So Chuck Pagano, the new coordinator, he's not going to let the quarterback pat the ball. He's going to find a way to get somebody on him, whether it's five or six. I like that. I really do. But when the defensive line starts picking it up and they can drop eight, they can drop seven, that's when it's going to get real good. Well, the difference between the 85 team and this team, the defensive line is – you guys with four guys or three guys could get it done. They can't. They can put some pressure on Dan, but they need that extra blitz, that extra little you know, corner blitz, whatever have you, to really get after. I mean, they get after people, don't get me wrong. But compared to you guys, which is probably, again, most people think the greatest team ever put together in 85, and you're the man that led it, but they can't do what you guys did. This defensive line is not capable of doing what you guys did. Getting back to Chuck Pagano as we wrap it up, I was worried... He's that, a blitzer. Yeah, I was worried that they were going to have a big drop-off losing Vic. Chuck Pagano looks pretty damn good running this defense, I would say. I don't know if you agree or not, Hampton. Yes, I do. And, but, you know, at some point, I mean, they're not in shape. You know, yeah. come on. Yeah. Hey, you know, it's almost October. Let's, uh, let's get things cranked up here. OB, you feeling comfortable with Chuck? Yeah, I think what he's done, I think he's done a, a nice job. Listen, we've got a defense that can win a Super Bowl. That's not the problem. The problem is our offense, number one. Number two is Nagy. Number three is Trubisky. You think I'm kidding? You wait and watch for the rest of the year, and you see what these game plans this guy Nagy comes up with. All right? We don't score touchdowns, guys. You need to score touchdowns. You need to convert on third down to win a world championship, and we don't do that. We'll see you guys Sunday at 6.30, all right? You got it. And I'm here till 1 o'clock. So uh, stay on, callers. We appreciate you guys calling in. We appreciate you hanging with us. We can't wait for Sunday night. Quick time out, 720 WGN.